0: Hey, KOTG Tuesday. What's up, guys?
1: Hello, Grasho. Hello. <laughs> Good evening.
0: I got my sweet Turf Tight hat on. You can't really see it too well for some reasons. It's kind of glaring, but I like it. I like this white hat. Drunk Lung guy is probably glad to see your hat. Nate?
2: Yeah, I, I, this one kind of got buried at the bottom of the stack. My, my hat collection has significantly grown. In the past year, and I used to wear this thing a lot last summer, and I think it just kind of got buried towards the bottom, and had to reshuffle and dig her back out. And <laughs> now I'm a proud grass hole tonight. So
0: you have like a Thank wheel you. of names of hats, though. How
2: <laughs> uh, pretty much? <laughs> I lo- I, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good hat, so nice. I like I like I like my hats. How many hats do you have?
0: Six. Yeah, Six. right. Or eight. Six or eight. He's got the whole collection.
2: Hey, they're good lids, man. Mountain View makes a good hat.
0: But hey, guys, uh, before we jump into our special guests, along with the topic for the evening, let's all let's grab a glass and keep off the grass.
2: With the official keep off the grass glass. Yes. Jake's got a bush. Oh, boy. Bush, man. It's the nectar of the gods, isn't it?
3: That's right.
2: <laughs> See, he knows what he's talking about.
4: Cheap and it does the job.
2: Got about two more weeks until we hit day one hundred on the OKOTG weight loss challenge, and mm. then once that hits, it's back to game on. It's back to
5: cracking them open <laughs> on,
2: on Tuesday nights. So, but we took nice. a little, took some time off from the bush lights just to uh, get the diet in check. But we're gonna be back soon.
0: All right, so some of you guys saw our drink and our cups. We've got uh, Simple Lawn Solutions here, and so we are teaming up with Simple Lawn Solutions, and they're going to actually uh, sponsor a giveaway tonight. So we didn't announce it. We didn't uh, promote it at all, so we're kind of giving it to you guys that have come in and support us all this time. So we just kind of going to throw it out there every now and again. But we are going to give away a hose-in sprayer of 1648 of Simple Lawn Solutions' uh, product lineup. So for those of you in the chat right now, you have the option to uh, get in on this will of names. So if you would like to win this Simple Lawn Solutions 1648, type in Simple Lawn Solutions'. So, while those names are rolling in, and I put those on there, let us meet our lucky guest draw winner of last week, Jake, who is now at Lawn Freedom on Instagram. How's it going, guys? Hey, Jake, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, buddy. Fantastic. Thanks for having me over. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about uh, Jake, Jake's lawn and all that stuff so we can, uh, for those that aren't following you, follow you.
4: Yeah. So I'm, uh, I live in Michigan. I'm in West Michigan. I'm actually probably about a half mile from Lake Michigan. So, um, we're cold yet. The ground up still 35 degrees over here. We woke up this morning and it's 22 degrees outside. So we haven't hit spring yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I got a Kentucky bluegrass lawn. Uh, we built our house in 2019 and um, had a fresh slate, clean start for a lawn. So we brought in 275 yards black dirt and um, went with Kentucky bluegrass. I did Bazama Award and Bewitched for my yard. And uh, 2020 was my year for that. So we did irrigation and seeded by August. And um, so last year was my first full season in our lawn. And so this season will be number two so kind of excited for it.
3: Yeah. I know, uh, I saw, I saw you had a major renovation where you went and, you know, it always intimidates me to go from bare dirt and do a full reno. And I mean, (laughs) you went from, it looks like you went through the whole process, like, you know, bare dirt and and seeding. So you did all that from bare seed. We did. So, yeah,
4: it was, um, so I pretty much had control of everything and, um, when we built where we are full, we're full sand here. So I had to bring 275 yards of dirt in, um, went with the compost blend, and then um, had the chance obviously to bring in my own underground irrigation at that time. So brought in some irrigation, did that, did all that work myself and took a lot more pride do it. And then yeah, come August, put seed down and um, went from there. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, it was a lot of work. Um, but by the end of fall and come last spring, it was rewarding to actually see all that stuff. You know, the grass come back, actually survive through the winter and this is season number two. So excited to push it a little bit further this year.
2: What size, uh, what size property you got?
4: Like one acre, two acres
2: looks like. So maybe? I'm
4: on two and a half acres. Um, okay. and we are, it's a uh, 20,000, just, just under 20,000 square feet of grass. So it's, it's enough to maintain. It's not too much, but it's enough and what do you what do you mowing it with so i have a John Deere rider x350 that i'm riding with and um did that so i can do a little bit of stuff in the woods and none of my yard is flat so it works out a little bit better and i um, not sliding around like a zero turn or anything like that kind of stuff since i don't have any flat terrain in my yard so it's kind of fun
2: yeah it looks i mean so are you like are you in the country i mean obviously it kind of looks like that
4: So we're in the woods, Um, I mean, everybody around us probably has two acres to four acres or more. So um, there's some subdivisions in where we live, but not too many, Um, but where we're at, everybody's kind of got, you know, at at a minimum of two acres. So I don't have neighbors to compete with around here. Um, So it kind of stinks, I only get, uh, just the people that walk by and get to make comments or stare or glare, all that kind of stuff at me, so. But it's kind of fun it's nice to meet new neighbors and um since we moved in we haven't met everybody but well, when people walk by and look at the grass create conversation and it's, it's fun so it's rewarding to get people to comment about your grass all the time yes yeah, so hopefully year number two we can push it a little bit harder and um you know i fought a little bit of weed pressure my first year just because of the dirt that we brought in um so pre-emergence last year was was a big game player um just trying to keep the weed pressure under control and it wasn't bad I mean we had a little bit of weeds a little bit of pole problem but um seemed to get that under control and hopefully this year it'll stay under control so what do you what do
2: you uh what's your normal
4: height of cut so I'm staying at three inches and uh, I'll go to three and a half in the summertime and it kind of seems to be where the grass seems to like it so far um mm-hmm. I've tried going a little bit shorter but With the new grass and the roots not being quite there yet this year, um, I try to stay a little bit longer. And that was one thing I had to learn out this first year too with um, the grass was, I don't have a lot of root structure yet this first year. So irrigation was a big thing, big trial run this year. Once I set it up, I didn't have time to go through it until the grass was established. This year, spent a lot of time dialing my irrigation that first season. And had some dry spots and stuff like that, but after some adjustments, seems to be under control. So, hopefully, this year's a little bit easier. We can just stay on, you know, get fertilizer right and all that kind of stuff and, and carry on. Yeah,
2: hey, one question I had like with your tree line, I'm assuming you got a pretty good shade around part of the lawn, and then maybe like the middle, maybe towards your driveway and whatnot, you probably get a little more sun. Do you yep. notice like you'll, Do you notice almost like two different? I'm going to say climates um, with that aspect of it.
4: I, I for sure do. So um, along my whole outside edge, I mean, we we have tall oak trees, probably sixty foot, seventy foot oak trees, and in the springtime they're not full yet. But come come June, they start to fill up, and they fill up all fall. And once that happens, you just totally get in full shape. And I've got the outside edges that are just full shade. And so that took some water adjustment too this season to kind of cut back on the water on the outside edges and keep it on the inside. Cause my my front yard right up in the middle and then in my backyard is pretty much full sun. Um, so on the outside edges, the Mazama bluegrass really kind of helped having it in there. They handled the shade a lot better where I think in the front and in the back, the bewitched and the award really pushed and excelled there so some of the outside edges thinned out a little bit towards the end of last year just because it's it's bluegrass needs four four or six hours of sunlight so it gets it a little bit but the spring it really pushes it and by fall it really kind of tapers off a little bit just because it doesn't get near as much sun anymore but
3: thank you yeah Yeah, i was just looking and you're three hours north of me so that's that Sounds like pretty good KBG weather to me, so yeah,
4: you know, it works out pretty good. It was, um, you know, what I wanted to try something, I wanted to try to do full KBG. I like it, like the way it looks, like the texture of it, and um, it was worth it. I mean, the seed was did expensive, but uh, 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 it was fun. I'm, it lasted it survived all winter.
3: I might have missed it, but did you say the cultivars that you had at KBG or what type of seed?
4: So I did Mazama, I did Award, and I did B-Wish. Mm. Did you?
2: was that a pre-mixed blend or did you just buy them uh, isolated and you just mixed them all together yourself?
4: I bought them all isolated. I bought separate bags of each, all equal percentages and then Mm -hmm. just blended all together and, um, did it that way. I said it was total trial and error and so far it worked. So
2: yeah, it looks, looks amazing. I like it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Especially doing your own, doing your own blend. Um, I think that's something that I probably would not consider doing myself or or just it wouldn't even occur to me I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah so I think that that's that's really cool that's really no cool. it was like
4: I said it was it was worth a try and I mean seed's expensive seed's not cheap whatsoever and um I did all blue tag seed but it was worth coming up with something of my own and seeing. That it actually, it actually worked, you know, same with doing all the irrigation myself and, um, seeding it myself. And the work was rewarding. Once you get to, we hit winter, spring came by June. It was like, all right, things look good. And that was rewarding. So it's nice to, like I said, this is season number two on this grass and kind of really excited to push it even further and see what, what happens. So.
5: What did you use to seed it? It's got great coverage.
4: So I just, I broadcast spread it. And then, um, so I used a Harley rake at first and just ran through everything with a Harley rake on, um, on a, a, just a dingo and used the Harley rake, got it all nice and loose, went through and used the drag, drug it after that. And then just went back through, broadcast seeded it and drug back over top of it with the drag on the smooth side. And then um, it worked out, it worked out pretty good. I was actually surprised how well it germinated and I mean, I had germination probably on day, probably day fourteen, I think I did. So, Kentucky bluegrass usually always takes a lot longer, but um, it seemed to work pretty well.
1: Yeah, sounds like sounds like you sounds like you hit it right. You prep, sounds like you prepped it right. I mean, did a lot of. It's a lot of that's a lot of work, especially with that amount of square footage. I mean, something I obviously have no idea of, <laughs> but I mean. Shit, sounds like a lot of steps, a lot of uh, a lot of good steps.
4: It was it was a lot get of get it set
1: up and established well, so that you would have that, so that you would have that like great germination window. sounds Sounds pretty rad. Now, how did you go about um, choosing the three cultivars that you chose? Um, was that something that you've you'd experimented with in the past? Had you done a whole bunch of cultivars, and those were like your three favorites in terms of like germination rates, or um, how, how did you go about choosing those three that when you blended them together? Because I'm really interested in that.
4: It was kind of, it was really a total shoot in the dark. Um, it was, I was reading a lot on forums and watching YouTube videos and seeing what cultivators, cultivars guys had and was like, all right, this seems to work. And then I kind of looked at a couple charts and looking at, you know, what worked in Michigan and what, le- what worked in this zone. And then I started calling, I called some of the suppliers I got my seed from and just said, hey, you know, what do you guys recommend? And I looked at a couple seed blends uh, of what was in there, and those three just kind of stuck out. You know, Mazama was good for good for some shade. Also had some dark good color. Bewitched has good color. And then award had some pretty good disease resistance. And it was like those three kind of stuck out to me. I'm like, you know what? Let's just blend all three equal percentages and and see what happens. You can always always you know, overseed if something didn't work out, but, um, but it worked and it was kind of sweet. So there wasn't any crazy science into it, but it was just kind of like, you know what, this sounded good and it looked good to me and went with it.
1: So oh, yeah. Awesome. I
4: think that's, that's kind of our style right there. That's right. It was <laughs> like You know what? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So let's we'll keep yeah. on moving along. So it worked out pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it so far.
3: When you first seeded it, did you get, Full coverage, like Ole said, that looks like really good coverage. Or did you have to keep throwing seed down in spots? And
4: we luckily we didn't have a ton of rain that hit, and so I irrigated. I was irrigating three times a day, morning, and then right about noon, and then again early evening. And the only problem I had was a little bit of washout on my south side. I've got a little bit of a hill, and just the way the water kind of. guy had we had one good rain, a little bit of washout, but I waited till. The following spring. And I just kind of hit that with a little bit more nitrogen and really kind of pushed it to get the spread and fill in on its own. So I didn't really have to throw in any extra seeds. So it worked out pretty good.
0: All right, guys. So we're, uh, tonight's topic is pre-emergence, right? So some of you, uh, fortunate fellows out there have got to put pre-emergent down because, Use you, Your soil temps at where it needs to be or a little bit higher. Some of us are not so lucky. We keep, uh, winter keeps kind of knocking on the door and swinging in and throwing snow on our ground. So we haven't done pre-emergent yet. When is a good time to do it? We've, we've heard some people maybe do it at the end of fall, um, right before their lawn goes dormant. Or we've got some people that... Wait until the springtime. When do you guys usually do it? And what when do you think is a better
3: time to do it? Well, let's back up for a minute. That what does a pre emergent do? Uh, it doesn't prevent all weeds. Uh, you know, and it doesn't, you know, something that's a pet peeve of mine I hear people say is like, oh, put a pre emergent down, you have a weed free long, you know, trying to sell you some shit or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it it there's only a select few weeds that it prevents. And um, it doesn't kill the weed seeds you know it stops um, stops root development from the seed to develop. So it's not like killing weeds, it's nothing like that. It's actually stopping the root development process. Mm-hmm. so uh, I mean what what weeds are you going after to prevent when you put down a pre immersion And then when are you applying like Brian said?
6: yeah, you got to do your research on, you know, go out in your lawn and actually look, uh, if you don't know what these weeds are, there's, I know I have an app. It may not be a hundred percent accurate, but I have an app that'll take you to what it is. And maybe even look up some Google images of your area, like me, Texas, North Texas, or wherever you are, and look it up, do your research before you start spending this money on somebody saying, you know, this is the best thing in the world.
0: Yeah. Cause uh, if you got dandy, or if you don't have dandelions in your yard, how would you go get a, uh pre-emergent that kills dandelions right or i'm sorry keeps the roots from developing on dandelions right or same thing you know what what other um and again here in utah Uh, we have different
2: most most pre emergents do not do anything for dandelions actually so i mean the the biggest target of a pre-emergent is crabgrass that's probably the one the the most common one that people are going to see on the bag is gonna be uh, your crabgrass, but um, as far as dandelions, they won't kill off the dandelions, or you know, they won't prevent dandelions. As far as right. I'm, as far as I know.
0: So you got like chickweed and and
3: crabgrass. What else is up up, up there? Uh, yeah, Saint Og. I mean, uh, crabgrass. Uh, uh, hey. hey. Uh, uh, and um, but yeah, like so, like chickweed. Uh, I believe that you get, you have to put a pre-emergent down in the fall for that. That's a winter weed. Okay. So if you put down a pre-emergent in the fall, that's going to prevent chickweed, um, as well as like bent grass and poa. If you put it down in the fall, that's, that's going to prevent the winter weeds from going, which is under that category. But, Mm -hmm. uh, typically people are going after, you know, crabgrass, goosegrass, uh, some of the invading ones that come out in the summer. That's what you're going after in the spring.
1: Yeah, Dallas grass.
3: Dallas grass. Mm-hmm.
1: I know for me it's um usually <clears throat> usually crabgrass, Dallas grass, nuts edge, and spurge are kind of the big ones that I
6: freaking spurge that
1: I see coming into my yard. And Zach to your point, you know, it's it's um it's interesting that you mentioned the chickweed, um, because this is weeds and the fact that weeds kind of kind of have like a season that's something that i'm totally new to um i admittedly will be like yeah didn't really realize that kind of until this year and i didn't do like um you know i had talked about it on my instagram page that i did a whole new front yard at my in-law's house and i was down there last weekend and there's a number of spots where I looked out and I was like, Oh man, this chickweed's starting to grow already. (laughs) Like it's already poking Mm -hmm. through because I didn't do any kind of pre-emergent, you know, in the fall. And I, and I'm already seeing some spots where it's like, we're like, we're kind of like just turning that corner. It was just starting to get warm. Um, Soil temperature was pro is probably right at 52 and 55 degrees. I mean, it's just starting to turn, but then we had a cold snap the last couple of days it's been in the, low 30s um for like the last three or four days uh, kind of right there but i'm starting to see that i'm starting to see that chickweed poke through um you know they had my in-laws on that i planted in the fall so
6: and i mean to your point there you know like you said you know we there's there's guidelines to follow out there but you have to use your best judgment on where you are make sure you're looking at the weather uh, ahead of time as best you can and um you know again use your best judgment read 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 do your research yeah
0: just like we talked about soil tests last week you know do that before do your research before you just start throwing fertilizer down the same kind of thing here is do research in your area figure out what kind of uh, weeds are popping up uh cody talked about he's got an app you know there's apps out there that you take a picture of the weed and it'll tell you what it is because who here has seen crow foot grass right <laughs> or goose grass or signal grass you know you may not know what type of uh weeds you have popping up so it'd be nice to kind of figure those out for specifically sp- sp- specifically <laughs> for for your area hey, I'm just drinking Mountain Dew guys it's I was going to say come on alright uh, uh, right, Brian dude. we've all we've all been there the show some, before, uh, what's
3: he's got that cup
0: yeah I know <laughs> No, but, but again, it's, it's do your homework. You know, I'm going to use something different or I'm going to be fighting for, uh, different weeds than, you know, maybe Cody's going to be over in Texas and maybe, uh, going to be over in North Carolina. So you don't have the luxury of just growing the same weeds all year round. You know what I mean? Anybody, anybody done pre-emergent yet? Yeah, um, I have. Okay. Cody has. I
2: have, I have not. Uh, my plan is Thursday because they have rained in the forecast for Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so that's a key element or, uh, a, a, that's I'll say key element to the process is it needs to be watered in. So I'm going to take advantage of the rain that's in the forecast on Saturday morning. And I'm going to probably, uh, do mine Thursday evening after work.
3: So, mm-hmm. but, uh, you got that. Let's go right. Zero, zero, seven.
2: Yeah, so I'm going with the Lesco 007 Stonewall. Um, it's a diamine but I do, I personally right now, do not want to push any nitrogen because our overnight temps are still in the 30s, but during the day we're hitting the 50s, 60s, and the soil temps starting to rise. It's it's getting up in the like low 50s during the middle of the day, and then you know, tailors off at night, um, but. Like I said, and I know my guess is around the edges of my sidewalks and my driveway and everything, I would imagine that some of that's probably hit 55, um, just because that tends to be a lot hotter with the sun hitting on the pavement, and that attracts the heat, so your edges are actually a lot warmer. Uh, tonight, I was actually kind of playing around. I, I was temping on the edges, and then the middle of the yard, it was like eight degrees difference. I, I was surprised it was that much. And I got to, I got to thinking about last year and I'm like, you know, almost all the weed pressure I had was, it was completely on the edges. And I was thinking, you know, the the reason it was is because maybe as I was spreading, I wasn't getting close enough to the edges, but I honestly think it's just the fact that maybe, you know, I'm hitting the middle of my lawn at 50 and the edges probably already hit the 55 mark and already some germination
5: happening. Timing is key. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question. So,
0: you know, drunk long guy's like, oh, you know, our, our temps are here. So let's see the hottest part of the day. I go out and I check my soil and it's 55 degrees, but yet it's going to get down to 38 tonight. So I know that soil is going to get cooler again. It's not going to be 55. So at what point do you need to test your soil from the beginning of your morning to close to in the night just to check or is... 55 at 3 p.m. Good enough for you guys. So me
2: me personally, I'm looking at kind of like the the future, you know. So the last few weeks, I haven't had consistent days where the highs are in the 50s and 60s. And so for me, I, I just, I mean, three days ago, I was like, nope, we're not there yet. We're not there mm-hmm. yet. And then when I look today, um, literally, I looked at the 10 day and every single day is in the 50s and 60s. And so for me, every afternoon is going to be getting to that temperature, and overall, the soil temp is going to rise because you're going to have more days in the fifties and sixties. So it's not going to be trending down; it's going to be trending up. So even if you're a week early, it's that you're going to be perfectly fine.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've kind of I've I've kind of taken that same approach um, as well, natives, in saying that like, oh, okay, you know, it's afternoon is afternoon you know on a on a saturday right is usually when i'm home to be able to you know stick a meat thermometer in the soil and take a look at you know get an idea no. of where the the soil test is as well as um there's a website too where you can look up your average soil temps in your area
2: is that greencast
1: yes greencast, greencast online. Cast, thank you.
2: but I'll, I'll throw a disclaimer out don't don't use that as like the golden rule because oh, yeah it, a, it can be, it can be off and be yep. like, like 10 miles, like in, a, in the city next to you, it can be completely different. I personally only use it as like a reference, yep. um, but I would hundred percent stand by the fact that you should go out and temp your own lawn in multiple places um, because you're going to have different temperatures. So one thing I was actually, I wanted yes. to bring up on the show was, so my hill in my backyard. There
5: as, goes the and, hill.
2: <laughs> as, the, as the sun comes up over my house, it hits that hill for a large part of the day. And like right now I'm noticing that my hill is greening up, but nothing else is. Mm. And so what I'm noticing is that, and so I checked the soil temps on the hill and they're actually a couple degrees warmer. So that's also prompted me like, man, I need to get out and get my hill, get the pre on my hill because it's probably, I hate to say it, but I might even be too late on that. Um, so I definitely got to get that going. So.
1: Yeah, so I, I t- like you're saying, Nate, I kind of tend to marry those two points of reference you know number one, looking at um, looking at you know something like greencasting like what's, what's the average But that gives me the timing to be able to say like okay well, these are the averages so now let me go out and go ahead and measure the soil and then kind of put in that that base of information together and making a determination. So for me, we had a warm week last week. Um, and then we just had a cold snap probably the last couple of days. So I I was away this weekend Friday night when I got home from work. I went went out and I put it down. Um I used the barricade from the Andersons this year, which is a per diamine product. And I, I put that stuff down right after I got home from work. I didn't even I didn't even change my clothes, man. I threw on a pair of sneakers and I went out there and just did it because I wanted to get out there and get it done because we were going out of town for the weekend that night. And so, uh, yeah, I went out there and do it. And I knew it was going to rain on, um, Saturday night. So, um, I think, I think it's probably pretty good timing. We will see if that timing was in fact, great. Where yeah, I think though. one
4: thing that I have seen is one thing I've read on and stuff, and I And I kind of think it's probably true is prediamine seems to be a little bit better of a product if you're early. And dithiopyr is a better product if you're a little bit late. Dithiopyr has a little bit of that post-emergent action to it for crabgrass, if you're in that one to three tiller stage. So it can treat that a little bit. Whereas prodiamine lasts a lot longer than dithiopyr. And so if you're a little bit early on that window, you're a little bit safer. Is what kind of what I've read and I've stuck with, I've been using prodiamine. I haven't had a whole lot of problems Um, and I do a split app. So I'll do an app, in the spring. And then I'll do an app late summer before we go into fall. And that seems to have worked for me. So I've been, I've been sticking with prodiamine and liquid and doing half apps.
3: Yeah. That's a good point that uh, about the prodiamine and uh, dithiopyr. Um, and also like with the 55 degree mark, that's when crabgrass can start germinating after seven consecutive days, I believe of 55 or above temps. So with prodiamine with a longer duration, you're okay to apply that a little earlier. It's probably not going to hurt much, but if you're using Dithiopyr, you know you may want to apply that later in the window. So like looking at my history, you know late April, even early May is when I'm in that zone where I'm getting consecutive 55 degree temps daily. This year I'm rolling with a pre-emergent with fertilizer in it. So I'm not going to apply it until near the end of April at the may towards the later stage, like you're talking about. And I've done pro for years because of the duration and I've always gotten it down early, um, maybe earlier than I should have just to, <laughs> just to do it. Um, and I'm just switching it up this year. So that's a good point. What you're making.
2: Mm. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people go with the strategy of pro in the spring and that third, that up in the fall because of some of that, you know, the, the the effects that it has for the, the fall weeds that are coming and what it can do for you coming back in the spring. Has anyone else heard that?
6: It, yeah, it just depends
2: if you're seeding. Yes. You know, yeah,
6: 100%, 100%, 100%. And when I seeded uh, with my perennial ryegrass this fall in the winter, I, you know, I was too afraid to throw anything down because um, I was lazy and I didn't have time to Sit there and read, and what would be the best uh, to throw down because I know some products say, you know, anywhere between six to eight weeks before you seed or something like that. Um, and I just didn't have enough time, but uh, and I didn't do anything to the front In the backyard. I did the, the post margin, but frankly, I didn't do nothing.
0: <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you guys, it's kind of scary, um, relying on the weather to put this stuff down. Usually, when I've got in ground sprinklers, I could just. Put whatever I down, whatever I want down, and then I can water in right away. But and that's kind of the thing that I do now because it's too cold really to turn on the sprinklers. Is it's probably getting close, but it's still getting down enough into the freezing that I don't want to quite do it yet. But yeah, I mean, when when you're not having to time it all year round, and now all of a sudden you kind of have to time it. It's like you know, especially in the desert, it says it says it's going to rain, but it doesn't, and then. Like yesterday, it says it wasn't going to rain, but then it did. So, uh-huh. you know, it's a little bit tougher to try to plan that out to make sure it gets uh, watered in. How long How long can it sit on your grass without getting watered in? Does that depend on what you put down?
4: Isn't it like 14 days, I think, or something along that line?
0: Oh, really? 14 days? I was thinking like three or four or something.
4: I want to yeah. say, I think I read on the bottle, was around 14 days. i think
0: i think you're right okay so that's not as scary you know
4: i always try to look
2: for rain within a week that's kind of my personal guideline is if it's not raining within a week then i'm gonna have to try and water it in or Mm -hmm. something like that Uh, which is why like i said i try and take advantage of the weather and do it that way
6: yeah i know the the product i use image for my yard it's i have anywhere between one to seven days to do it but I you know I usually I, I, I let it sit out there uh for the rest of the day and night and I'll wake up and then water the lawn let it get down in the root zone and everything but yeah I, I don't think I've ever not watered watered it in before not sure what it would do but probably won't be as effective.
0: You have sprinklers, Cody, or you rely on weather?
6: Uh, no, well, no, I I rely on my, hand my water. hands and hand <laughs> water and, and everything. Nod. <laughs> I would love to have a irrigation in the back, but uh, no, the front's easy. In the back, you know, maybe I need to get some Melnor sprinklers and get that hooked up back there.
0: What about you, all? Well, you said you haven't done any pre-immersion. Do you do hey, pre emergent pre-
5: No, yeah. I have not done any pre-emergent. Do not plan to. You know, just like a, two weekends ago, I'd done some core plugging in an area, you know, where I covered the big rock. And it had the red dirt and i done some core plugging and added some stuff to try to richen that. So would have just broke the barrier. But in all honesty, I don't have a crabgrass problem. The only thing I have like this time of year is a, a very little bit of like chickweed or henbit. Um, some poa in the places that were thin. I don't really have. Um, so you don't, don't do like, have a, a blanket.
0: You just spot it. You spot treat later on.
5: What I do is post. Um, okay. Now I've got some pre-emergent that I'm going to put like in the flyer beds. Mm-hmm. I've got pre-emergent that I'm going to put in the driveway cracks to keep things from having cracked grass and competing mm-hmm. with Aaron. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going gotcha. to use some stuff like that, but out in the yard, no. Now this fall, I'll be running the Etho 4, yeah. you know, trying to keep POA from being here next year. Yeah. So but, so uh,
0: Bama Bermuda, since you talked about aerator, he he asked, when is the best time to run an aerator in regards to pre-emerge? Do, do you guys do any of that? Air if he's ra- going to do
5: that, he needs a core plug first and then uh, spray his pre-emerge after. Because if he sprays it first, he'll just break his barrier. You know, it basically what it does is it it makes a barrier. And then like y'all were saying, it, it root really chemicals. Chemical barrier. If you were core plugging, then you definitely wouldn't put any seed down. Because if right. you put seed down, trying to thicken some areas up, and then sprayed pre-emerge it, you'd be backing up. right? Just be yeah, shooting so yourself in the foot.
2: Let's hit on that in a little more detail, because there were some questions about timing of seeding and whatnot in the chat. I think that's mm-hmm. just kind of a,
3: a topic that I we can hit on real maybe quick. Like a, <laughs> like a trend this year, I've seen on some Facebook posts um, that people are putting down prodiamine and then seeding into it. And I've seen it more this year than I have the past couple of years. And what they're doing is, is, you know, if they have some spot seeding to do, they're blanket, blanketing, you know, Prodiamine or Dithiopyr. And then they're roughing up those bare spots, kind of breaking the barrier. And then they're seeding those bare spots after they blanket spray, which Mm -hmm. I know some people are having success with that. And that's one way to do it. If you want to take that
1: risk on um, seeding. After you're putting down your pre-emergent, you know it's funny you mentioned that. I was I was going to bring that up too because um, I was talking with a buddy of mine from work, and that was one of the questions that that we were kicking around was, you know, go ahead and going ahead and putting down a uh, a pre-emergent, and then going back because he's got some poa spots, and he's like, you know, should I go ahead and he's like, I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and put down the pre-emergent, and then go back and kill off those spots of poa he's gonna go you know hit him with roundup and you know let it die off and then go back with the garden weasel you know little spots go back with the garden weasel break up that soil and then go ahead and you know throw some seed at it and um i go and i was like to my knowledge of the method of action like how it's working and creating that barrier like that should work but i was going to bounce that off you guys because obviously you know listen I'm sure as hell no expert. I know. I've just seen a lot of people doing it. I mean, I I personally haven't done it. I just didn't know if anybody had any uh,
3: experience with that. Yeah. I mean, the the only
4: experience I have as far as like a pre-emergent and seeding is using something like tenacity Mm -hmm. where you can apply that Mm -hmm. after you've seeded and get some pre-emergent effect, but it doesn't affect your seed.
0: Yeah. Right. As far as I know, tenacity is the only thing that does that. Right. It's the only thing that's safe for seeds, uh, really. Isn't that awesome? You got,
5: you got a couple of them that you can spray at seeding that doesn't affect germinating, like Pilex, Drive, clinchlorac, which is Drive, or Meso, which is Tenacity. Okay. Yeah, because
2: the Scott's starter for with Mesotrione in it does not, I mean, it, it mm. literally says it's safe for safer, uh, seeding.
0: Yeah, I have seen that so. actually. Yeah, because uh, Lana Brasky he asks, you know, you know, let's say you're putting seed down tomorrow, would you do pre-emergent? So it sounds like there are a few options out there. Again, depending on what your climate is and what kind of weeds you're gonna be facing, uh, what you want to put down, and you gotta do your research on that.
5: But if your yard is good and thick, you know why why do it? If it's thin, I could understand it but yeah. it's good and thick, you know, why, why spend the money? Why <laughs> put another chemical down that you don't need? So if you guys are overseeding, if you're if overseeding,
0: you would you do it?
5: If you're overseeding, you would run yeah. something like tenacity if you wanted to or miso.
2: Well, I mean, so, so with, with, with a pro, uh, pro diamine, I believe on the bag, it declares six months. Uh, that you should have a gap between applying uh, the diming and then seeding. So that's why a lot of people will do their diming in the spring, not do a split app because that's going to, that's going to push it back even more 45, 50, 60 days, whatever. But those do the one full strength app um, at the beginning of spring. And that gives you your six month window. Then you come into fall and you should be clear to overseed.
0: So let's say you had like a spot that's bare, I mean, you wouldn't even really put, you'd you'd seed it, but you wouldn't necessarily need to treat it for pre-emergent, right?
2: I mean, to to Ole's point, you don't have to put a pre-emergent down. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you can, you can never use one. Um, You could just essentially, you could post treat everything in your lawn. Um, That is one option, you know, and there's a lot of people that favor that technique. They basically say, let, let, you know, pop what's going to pop and then treat it that way versus putting something down that maybe you're going to put it down across your entire lawn and you may only need it in three or four sections and, you know, 10% of your lawn or even less may have the weed. So then that 90% that you're applying it to doesn't even need it. True. You know what I mean? So there are a lot of, a lot of people that say post-treatment is the only way to go. Don't put stuff down. It's a waste of money. Because then, if something does get through, you still got to post treat it, you know. But in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm going to try and prevent it from getting through. And yes, what does get through, I'll post treat. But then I'm going to save the money on the post treatment because I shouldn't have to treat
1: as much. That's my theory. Yeah. This is this is my first year that I've done um, smoking hawk for ten bucks. By the way. Woo! Yeah. Really appreciate long, that. And Long Geek yeah, just long. Dumb, jumped in for another five. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thank you. Yeah, you know this is uh, this is the first year that I've done a full full application of a prodiamine product across my whole yard. Um, I have used perdiamine in the past, but I've but to Nate's point and what he's saying is I've done perdiamine mainly on the areas where um, you know coming into spring the grass is the grass is a little thin it's a little weak um, so I've done like kind of uh, I don't know, sections, I guess you could say, like kind of like, kind of like almost like a spot treatment, if you will, but uh, saying like, oh, here's a section, here's a, you know, whatever 10 by 15 foot section that is a little weak, it's a little thin. Let me go ahead and put some pre emergent there, but then other places not. And then the last, like, I don't know, say, I think the last like two seasons, um, I've primarily stuck with tenacity. And, um just in the interest of rotating products I obviously didn't do that this year so last last spring I overseeded in the spring last last spring you guys remember tried that little experiment so I used <clears throat> I used mesotrione, you know in the spring as my pre-emergent across the whole yard um and I'd only ever done i i, I would say like blanket application of of pre-emergent prior to that and everything else was just Focusing on those areas that were a little thin or a little weaker. Um, so is that the way to go? I don't know. Um, but do any of you guys want to talk about that idea of rotating the products that you're using? What are the benefits to that? Um, are there any drawbacks to doing it? What do you think?
5: The object is just to get the turf thicker and thicker to the point where it shades out all this other stuff.. Mm-hmm. And far as the tenacity, you know meso thing goes, I've only done that, let's see, I've only done that probably two years mm-hmm. in a row. And what I've seen with that is the biggest thing it's helped is in like bare areas where you're starting with dirt. It keeps you from having as much um, like chickweed, henbit, and crap like that germinating where you have bare soil. So mm-hmm. that's really, I, I actually like done a test area and then left an area without the meso. And it's like you could see a straight line where I drove with the permagreen. Hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no swing. doubt. No doubt. For sure.
5: And you can get too heavy with that and turn stuff white and purple, you know? So mm-hmm. easy, Cody. Don't squeeze yeah. it purple. So,
1: but, yeah. So, so my question is like, say, say somebody's <laughs> does a pre emergent every year, right? They just do it every year and they've <laughs> uh, used, a, they've, they've been using prodiamine. Is there, do you guys know if it there's changes. any? if there Changing is any use or if there is anything that's beneficial to switching that up and saying, okay, well I use, I've been using prodiamine for three years. Should, mm-hmm. should somebody switch it up and use a different type of product? Is there any type mm-hmm. of, um, I don't know, I want to, resistance like they could come from that? I don't know.
4: See, I, I know I've read a couple of things. I don't know a lot about that, but I've read a couple of things of using different groups of herbicides Mm-hmm. Because your soil can get used to what you're using. So switching up to a different group, but as far past that, I don't know. I've never experimented with anything on that except for reading just a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's kind of interesting thought there, Brand. I wonder if maybe something to look for in the future, you know, if your ground gets used to it or you get too much into it and it, you know, something else grows. Try something else, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Right, yeah no, I, well, hey, I don't know. All right, guys. Well, hey, it's uh we're I'm having so much fun here. Like I love just chit chatting. This is awesome. I just looked down at the clock and we're like 55 minutes into this. Ooh <laughs> boy. It's one of got, the
1: week time then.
0: Yeah, we got a couple things to go over. Oh, we man. you guys have got some we got some blondes that are coming awake and they're they're popping. So Dang. we actually had quite a few entries that we had to debate back and forth on who we wanted to do this week. Um, so for those who are new. This is what it is. KOTG Lawn of the Week. We've been doing this for about a year now. And the great folks of Pro-Pete have sponsored our Lawn of the Week. For those people who win it, they get to pick their own NPK bag of Pro-Pete. So they can actually make that lawn look even better and better. So we appreciate Pro-Pete and their um, partnership with that. To enter, all you got to do is on Instagram... Hashtag K O T G Lawn of the Week. Put it in a post or a reel. If you do it on a story, it disappears in 24 hours and we don't have time to look at it. We had about three three more entries came in today. I'll tell you guys, we don't have time to sit and debate about it, you know, the day of or a couple hours before the show goes live because we got to get ready for it. So we need you guys to post that stuff by Monday. Use that hashtag #KOGG Lawn of the Week in Instagram by Monday so we can look at it and use the full day on Tuesday to really debate who gets it or not. So this week, we have a new person. And I saw them in the chat, and it is Lawn Abraski.
3: Ooh, first Mo of the year. Taking on everybody. First Mo of the year. Look at that. It's coming in.
5: That is nice. I-O, stand up. Hey, Ole. Single, single straight, doubles. Straight straight. <laughs> <laughs> single what is
6: single double? I want Our
5: everybody straight, that's listening. Straight, mother is right there. Everybody that's listening, I want you Holy to mow. Ole, your mic's not
2: Oli's mic is not working currently. It is, <laughs> <laughs> it is malfunctioning
5: right now. Kirby stripes. <laughs> Tag, Nate. mo uh, you, Kirby stripes.
2: You will not get my vote ever.
5: <laughs> we don't need your vote. We've got other people here. We got seven people. <laughs> yeah. You're just right. one out of the rest.
0: Uh has has a Kirby stripe won yet? I can't I don't think so. Hell so, no. We'll have to kind of put that to the test. Somebody out Curvy's there needs curvy beautiful. stripes.
3: Rooted, rooted one with a circle. Oh, he did a circle oh, one, circle. huh? That's
0: different. I don't, oh, count. Circle.
6: I don't count. That's different.
0: All right. So here's a challenge to all you guys listening do some curvy stripes. Brian's <laughs>
6: microphone is win. currently malfunctioning as well. <laughs> no, I just want to see if we get if It's a win or not. We,
2: we, right. How about we wait and save that for a specific, like, curvy oh, okay. strip contest? We'll, we'll take right. we'll take one week when everyone's lawn gets up and rolling, and we'll literally do a week where you must submit a curvy stripes, and I'll hell I'll every even do will even week. do
6: I'll even do a curvy stripe Whoa. for that. one. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that, Nate. Let's do it. Hey, hey we'll, uh, if you and do curvy uh,
5: stripes, they must be on the heel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that'd be that'd because I'm falling. I'm rolling down the hills the only way. There's gonna be Just curves stay there. stay
5: out from under the mower.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like it. The oh, keep yeah. off the grass, thick and curvy competition. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep them curvy. But oh, yeah. Shout out.
0: Just like, just like the one. Lana Brasky, I'm
1: get, Is that yes.
0: part of Nebraska? Or Brask? I don't. He's Ohio, man. Brasky. Uh Lana Brasky, send us a message on KOTG. Or actually KOTG on I'll reach out to you, and we'll get you set up with Pro Pete. Um, anything that they offer on Home Depot, look up their NPKs. Also, check us out on our website, kotg.live. We have not uh, plugged that for a little while. It's still going. Uh, Some information's up there. You guys can rummage around. Um, We've added another tab on there. I'll let you guys go find it yourself, see if you can find that new tab we added and see what it's all about. Um, We can see a lot of the weeks on there, all the past winners, all the new winners. More information about us. Um, a nice little collection of all our live casts and as well as our podcasts that uh, Brent's putting up. So
1: we appreciate you guys. We, and we uh, are uh, and we are caught up. On nice, yeah, so,
6: buddy. Yeah. yeah, you did already got a, no, Brent's that right now.
1: So, uh, yeah, we got uh the Andersons episode uh went up today, and then um, I also I finished up the uh the editing for last week's episode soil testing episode so that is going to be posted later this week and then we'll be all caught up so nice um, awesome so we're there so check us out on the podcast platforms if you don't have time to jump in something comes up can't jump in the live chat you don't want to sit here and look at our ugly faces for an hour and change listen in the car all the podcast platforms that are there and while you're on there if you don't mind scrolling through app podcasts, go ahead and give us a, give us a rating um, to help the visibility of the, uh, the podcast audio. Because what we found is uh, there have been people who have found us on podcast platforms first, then started jumping in the live chat and then created a long hair Instagram to join the fun. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, just adding to the community, adding to the, Information sharing and um, you know pictures of cool lawns and everything else. So help us get the word out, get a little more traction on the podcast platforms because it's it's it is slowly drawing it's drawing people in. There are there have been a number of people that we've
2: well and, and as we've seen uh, actually there's a ranking of like what top 100 podcasts of the lawn care yeah. and we've seen we've seen our podcast continue to climb so you know, we have goals, we have ambitions to, uh, reach certain numbers and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you, if you watch the show tonight and maybe you want to re-listen to it, you know, next week as you got a trip, you know, two hour drive down the road, throw us on and, you know, mm-hmm. play it back and maybe you missed something or maybe you got more questions. So we'd appreciate that.
0: And shout out to our Denmark people. We're
1: killing it in Denmark.
6: Yeah, buddy. <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Home and garden podcasts. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, this is, I mean, so listen, we- this has been a, this has been a good show. I think that yeah. we could, we could probably sit here and talk about this for another hour. Um, <laughs> for sure. Cause I think that we came up with a lot of good questions thinking about it. I, I had a lot of questions kind of, um, you know, coming into the show that I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Let's bounce it off. Everybody. See what you guys think.
6: Yeah. It's just like a lot of things that we talk about. We could go on. And on, because you can dive deep into some of these subjects, and it's it's insane. But if you're Everybody.
2: if you're in, if you're in the live chat, and you know you asked a question, and we didn't get to it, um, obviously we're not going to be able to get to every single question. But Don't if be a you asked if you asked a question, and we didn't get to it, um, you know after the show's over, post your question on the YouTube video, and we will maybe try and start a discussion or try to answer the questions in there. So that's, that's another way that we can, you know, have this conversation and keep it going. And other, others can view it and read it as well. So, you yeah, know, I just want to throw that out there.
1: Yeah. And just like everybody does in the chat, you know, people answering each other's questions. I mean, you know, ask a question in the comments, you know, everybody circle back to the comments in a couple of days and see if you can answer one of your buddy's questions, you know, somebody that we talked to. So
6: I, for instance, like Jake, you know, how do you, how do you feel about us? If you ever reach out to one of us, do we reach back out to you? I mean, how do you feel about that?
4: Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way to do it. I mean, I, I listened to the podcast at first I was following the podcast and listening to them at work, you know, through headphones or whatever, and then jumped on Instagram for a while and I was like, Hey, this is pretty sweet. Jump on the live chat and you watch guys chatting back and forth and just, it's so much more interactive and more fun than just sitting there listening to it on the headphones. So definitely would if you're just listening to it on podcast, jump on the live chat and it's a lot more fun. And I, I,
2: I feel like this is a good time also as we, as we kick off, I'm going to say the new year and we start getting into topics specifically regarding the lawn. I think it's very important to reiterate that we are strictly DIY guys. We are not professionals. Uh, most of this is our opinions. Um, you know, you can fact check us and all that stuff. And we're probably going to say stuff wrong. Um, but like I said, that's, that's the whole point of this is we're just, we want to have kind of a, this is what I do. This is what I've heard and just have that conversation. But like I said, I, we've said it year after year, guys, we're not professionals. Do not quote us on anything we say specifically. Um, we're just here to kind of help others Mm -hmm. and suggest things.
0: And guess what? We never will be professionals. We don't do this for a living. We have other full-time jobs. We just love to be in the lawn. This is us hanging out at a barbecue, talking about lawns. So don't don't get your panties in a ruffle.
6: If you do, send
0: them to my house. Oh, geez. That's a great way to end it. All right, guys, thank you for coming and joining us on this uh, pre immersion <laughs> talk. Thank you, Jake, for jumping in. And, uh, Thanks, guys, for having me. I
3: appreciate, appreciate it. A lot thank of you, all. Jake. For next week, we're talking about spring
1: uh, fertilizer. Yeah. Let's go. Yes, next week, not today. Next, next. week, fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs>